Welcome to So-and-So, brought to you by Bernina, made to create. I'm Meg Goodman, and you're about to enjoy a casual conversation with a special member of the sewist and quilting community. A conversation about how they got started, what inspires them, what excites them, and their connection to this community. Our guest today is Linsa Stevens, co-founder of The Sewing Labs, a nonprofit organization in Kansas City, Missouri, whose mission is to create a welcoming community that teaches the legacy of sewing toward employment, entrepreneurship, and enrichment. Born in Libya into an Air Force family, Linsa was raised eventually in San Antonio, Texas, and then moved to Kansas City, Missouri, when she was in second grade. At five years old, her grandmother, Margaret, taught her to create quilt blocks. As they spent summers together, Linsa honed her sewing skills. Eventually, as the recipient of a Singer sewing machine in high school, she never looked back. Employed and actively involved in the creative marketplace for more than 40 years, her experience has been with sewing machine companies, corporate and private fabric retailers, and as an independent pattern designer. She always found her places of work to be comforting and encouraging. Linsa believes that sewing is a universal language that touches each person and brings individuals from different life cloth together to rise up as one. Linsa designs for companies such as Needle Love and Peppermint Pig. She has a love for anything fabric and mixed media, which drives her to share the legacy of sewing and to allow others to understand the self-enrichment that it brings. She's been a featured speaker at local community groups, such as local quilt and sewing guilds and rotary clubs. Her Sewing Lab story was showcased in the August 2022 issue of Sew News Magazine in the story titled Sewing for Good. It was also featured in the MAKE program by PBS of Central Missouri in October of 2022. When not teaching, quilting, or sewing, Linsa can be found spending time with her seven grandchildren and, of course, teaching them to sew. Hi, Linsa, and welcome to So-and-So. Well, good morning. Um, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's so good to, to have you. You've got some really interesting stories to share with us, and I want to jump right into that. Um, you do come from a long line of sewists and quilters, and your grandmother, Margaret, taught you to sew when you were about five. So would you share with us the impact of your family's sewing that, that it had on you? And then I want to talk about some of your first sewing efforts and the first thing that you ever made. Awesome. Um, well, my grandmother, her name was Margaret Anderson, and actually that was her Americanized name. Her real name was Greta Anderson. She was a Swedish immigrant. And she came to Ellis Island when she was like 15 years old. And she was an amazing seamstress. So um, every summer, my sister, my older sister and I would go and spend the summers with our grandparents. We were lucky that our grandparents all lived in the same town. Mm -hmm. And uh, my grandmother had always made matching pajamas or dresses and stuff for my sister and me. So she was always sewing from her was always an awesome gift. And when I was about five, we started, I started bugging her and bugging her to help her sew. She had a Singer sewing machine. And so she started me out on cutting out 
quilt blocks from Nine Patch Quilts. And we mm-hmm. used all the scraps that she had left over from the clothes that she had made for me and my sister or for herself. So it was a really awesome thing to be able to see those scraps get reused and reinvented. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so she started me a Nine Patch. We cut out a cardboard template. And I traced around that template and cut it out with scissors. No rotary cutters back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we went through there. And I still have those uh, those nine patches in a shoebox. You do. That was going to be a question. So that's that's pretty special. Yeah, it is. I keep thinking I ought to make them into a quilt, but then I don't know if they're more important to me to just get out and play with and, and handle versus, you know, a quilt hanging somewhere. So. What types of things do you like to make today? Well, interesting. I make, I still make um, a lot of garments. I, I'm kind of right now in the indie garment manufacturing era and the fact that um, I use a lot of independent designers. I think I just finished a jacket from the sewing workshop by Linda Lee. It was the mm-hmm. um, chateau jacket or something. And, and right now I do a lot of what I kind of call mixed media, but it's mixed fabric and fiber media versus adding paper and stuff. So I took a bunch of recycled uh, T-shirts. Kansas City Chiefs is obviously a big thing in Kansas City. And I took a bunch of recycled T-shirts and uh, collaged them into this jacket. And I also just finished a Dolly Parton, this is going to sound funny, a Dolly Parton quilt that is a portrait quilt where you take an image of her and then you define it down into... uh, different shades of gray and then transfer that into a fabric medium. And so that quilt not only has her portrait, but it has a mixed media of other layers of different fabric collages on it, as well as like stamping and hand embroidery and some three-dimensional embroidery pieces and stuff that I added to it. So um, I, I just really like the mixed media and recycling of things. Now, I, I want to talk about a belief you have about sewing. Um, you feel that uh, it's a universal language that touches each person and brings individuals from different life cloth together to rise up as one. Uh, and that sewing is often taken for granted, uh, but it can support an individual. So uh, unpack this for us a little bit. Tell us more about this belief of yours. Well, sewing as universal language is, is a, a phrase that I use a lot. And the reason I use that is for a couple reasons is, you know, based on my history of having my grandmother and my mother who both taught me how to sew. And then I grew up, uh, my first job was working for the Singer Machine Company in high school. And through the years of being a re- creative retailer, I worked in uh, the fabric industry for many, many years for many companies. Um, the, just how people come together under the umbrella of sewing, it's kind of an equalizer. It doesn't matter where you're from or what language you speak because sewing can be demonstrated. Sometimes the language is not a barrier and people just get so much out of sharing that skill. Um, It brings to mind that obviously we just have come out of COVID, the pandemic, and Mm -hmm. one of the things that happened here at the sewing labs is that we immediately got into uh, making kits for making masks to help to serve and support our community. And we had hundreds of sewers at home 
that were supporting their community through this effort. And I think that historically, that has always been true with sewing from, you know, people making quilts for weddings and or dresses for wedding dresses and gifts for babies and quilting bees and things like that, that it's so often been used as a position of service. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of those things that um, people don't necessarily have predetermined biases when they're sewing. You know, it's, we're, we're all just sewing. <laughs> Whether you're quilting or sure. cl- sewing clothes, we're all just sewing. So it really levels the playing field, I think. Now, you've said that you know firsthand how sewing can sustain somebody financially and emotionally, and that sewing is your survival skill. Tell us about that. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, for me personally, sewing as a survival skill is something that um, it's almost like my therapy. You know, if each each week I have to sit down and sew because you just get in that mental mindset of just letting things go. And once you're sewing, while there's a skill and and sometimes it's things are difficult and it, it's the flow through your hands and it's the flow of touching and textile that just brings calmness to me personally. Um, but we've seen that at the sewing labs and that's one of our reasons that we started the sewing labs is through the years of me working with so many people that use sewing it is something that gives them self-confidence. You know, they can take something that was nothing and make something out of it. And it becomes this amazing quilt or amazing or garment they can now wear. It becomes useful. It becomes um, something to be proud of. You know, we have a lot of, I've seen a lot of people at here as well as throughout my career of people who, you know, might either be new to sewing or might personally lack self-confidence or support and sewing just allows them to connect with other people without um, any preconceived, you know, expectations. And Mm -hmm. it also, it's something that you can do as a group. It's also something that sustains you as an individual person, meaning that um, if you are, you can be at home or somewhere either sewing with a machine or sewing by hand and and you can still support yourself mentally and emotionally by doing something that builds you up no matter where you're at. So, you know, we work, for me personally, um, obviously I've been as a professional in the sewing industry, but I've also been a person who crafts and creates patterns as well as garments that I sell. So, you know, I understand firsthand how you can actually go into the business of sewing and be employed by that and be sustainable. Now, you've mentioned the sewing lab. So I'd like to ask you to tell us about this group, why you started it and how it's uh, evolved. Well, thank you. Um, So the Sewing Labs is a nonprofit located in here in Kansas City that myself and Kelly Wilson and Lonnie Vanderslice were two other women that started it. Um, Kelly and Lonnie are people that I've known for many, many years, and they were in the business of a company called We've Got You Covered, which is a business that makes... uh, drapery and bedding and stuff for your home. So it's a sewing business, but they, they do home decor. Mm-hmm. And Kelly had worked with me years in the past for Han- with Hancock Fabrics. And through our relationships, you know, we have seen how sewing can help and sustain people and rise people up. 
and at We've Got You Covered, um, they had chosen a business model where they had reached out to um, some agencies in Kansas City through a program called 100 Jobs for 100 Moms, which employs women who have come through situations that might be incarceration, post-addiction, abuse, and this program matched businesses that would help train these women to get back into the workforce and sign up for like a two-year gig to make that happen. And so We've Got You Covered started hiring these women that uh, came to work. And of course, you can only hire so many people. For Mm -hmm. myself, I had been in the fabric business for a long time and I had hosted retreats and I had written curriculum for some for like Hancock Fabrics, which is a national chain that doesn't exist anymore. But I had always known how that community of sewing sustained people and would um, bring us all together. And so we took those two thoughts and we kind of molded them together and came up with the sewing labs and we just decided it was now or never. It's time to make the sewing labs come to life and so that we can start to really support individuals. Mm-hmm. So, um, currently, Kelly and Lonnie are not necessarily actively involved in the sewing labs any farther. I kind of, I'm the program manager, and we have an executive director that runs it, and we have a small staff. But we teach sewing for community, so anybody can come and take a class and learn how to sew. We also have a workforce development program, which is kind of our really exciting thing because we teach people how to sew and then we also teach them how to be an industrial sewing machine operators and we are a registered apprenticeship program with the United States Department of Labor and we partner with businesses in the Kansas City marketplace that actively use sewing so Mm -hmm. we get people placed in jobs and sewing is their uh, mode of employment which is amazing and some of them are entrepreneurs or subcontractors and some of those are employees and so it's really building to be a really amazing uh, pipeline or ecosystem that we're very proud of. Can you share a story or two about some of the people you've worked with at the sewing lab? Um, absolutely. Uh, one, Jennifer comes to mind. Jennifer is a young woman that was um, out of work, um, and she actually is lives in the neighborhood that the sewing lab is in and she'd walk past our place all the time and she actually started walking past us during the pandemic when we were passing out kits to make masks and she started attempting to make masks because she wanted to support her family and friends and um she she's always been a she always worked in bars and restaurants and things like that so she that was her way to be able to sustain herself because she really didn't have the ability to work um somewhere else and so she came and started taking a class and after she kind of realized that sewing wasn't as scary as she thought but yet sewing also was a really complicated skill in some play in some aspects to really be able to master it and you know so I think it raised her level of respect for what is really involved to be a seamstress And so she entered our sewing salon training program. That's what we call our workforce development program. And it is a 30-week program for the frontline training. And then after that, you move into an apprenticeship. And so Mm -hmm. she went through all that program. And when she got to the graduated from our training part, 
we partnered with, with a local company that is actually Paintbrush Studios. It's located here in North Kansas City. A lot of people might know who Paintbrush Studios is. And uh, she is now in charge, the entirely in charge of a department there where they cut and all the samples and all the fat quarters and all the charm packs and it's amazing and so she also comes back in her room because the sewing lab uh, added two gamma long arm machines to our facility as well to teach long arming as a trade and so she will come back in the room and she will Mm -hmm. teach our long arm operator classes as well as she will do custom long arming for hire that we offer out of the sewing lab so that she can make money doing that as well. And um, yes, to see her going from living in a trailer to, you know, back to living in an apartment, being self-sustainable and having a job that has just totally changed what her outlook on what her, her career can be is just amazing. That is very special. Yeah. Um, how many people have gone through your program? Well, um, if you're talking about the Workforce Development Program, that one we have probably had about 50 so far. We were only able to start it really after the pandemic because we just procured a, a new place that had enough space for us to set up all the industrial machines. Uh, but we also have probably 200 students a year come through our classes that have to do with the community classes, which can be anywhere from basic sewing to garment sewing to sergers to quilting mm-hmm. so lots of things like that now talk about the people that have, have gone through your program and um our economy you believe that sewing impacts all areas of our life and is essential to our economy and you've said that um the value of seamstresses and sewists is important and we need to honor this as a profession um talk more about that you know um Sewing is one of those things that impacts our life every single day that we take for granted. From the clothes that you put on every morning, to the chair you're sitting on, to the car you drive in, to the drapes on the wall, um, you know, there's, there's, not, there's nothing in your life that you can't look around and see where sewing has impacted you. Mm-hmm. And... I think it's often frustrating for me in the fact that we really honor professions such as electricians and carpenters and plumbers and even doctors and lawyers, which have all, every one of those fields take a lot of hours to master that skill. Um, Some of them are on the job, hands-on learning, some of them are, you know, paying for a college education learning, but everything takes skills and hours to learn how to be really efficient and just experts in your field. Well, sewing is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, While anybody can walk in the door and learn how to sew, but to really be a amazing seamstress, that takes thousands of hours, mm-hmm. you know, getting that muscle memory and that knowledge in your hand and in your head um, is just takes lots and lots of hours. And, and even today for myself personally, there's not, you know, a project that doesn't go by that 
I don't learn something new. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that is going on in our society right now is we have so much disposable clothing. And when the United States decided to move clothing to th- uh, third world countries because the labor was cheaper, all of us in the United States now take for granted what it takes to actually do sewing. Mm-hmm. And since it's not in front of us where we don't see how much people are actually getting paid by hour and what their living conditions are and what the impact of that sewing is that we don't realize what the true cost is. And so, you know, I think I'm working really hard to educate people to make them understand the amount of skill it takes to do sewing. And and I'm talking all forms. I'm talking, like I said, I listed all those different fields mm-hmm. that sewing is involved in. But the education that it takes to do that, and I think the other challenge is is sewing historically has been either female-filled or from people of different ethnicities that we don't honor the profession as much as we do, like an electrician or a doctor Mm -hmm. or things like that. So Mm -hmm. I think that I kind of get on my bandwagon (laughs) in the fact that I just want us to, you know, respect that field as much as we respect the others. And so as we go through trying to teach other people how to sew, we want them to feel honored and we want them to feel appreciated for the skill that they have. Your your passion is notable uh, and, and rightfully so. And you've mentioned that the home sewing market is a really good place to really start and further this campaign about honoring the profession. How, how would that work? Well, you know, um, a lot of people look at what the sewing lab is doing as kind of the home sewing market, but I truly believe it's all the sewing markets are all interconnected while the home sewing market is something that is, and what I mean by home sewing market is um, your local fabric store, your local sewing machine dealer that's selling sewing machines. So individuals can sew from home. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that type of sewing is, is hobby sewing. It's not necessarily sewing for, a profession or sewing for a job. Um, but that's kind of where it starts. That's where we get people excited and interested in. But I think it goes bigger than that. I think it's really important that how do we get the home sewing market and the fashion industry and all of those industries to understand that it really all starts with the sewing machine. So mm-hmm. even you know, Ralph Lauren or Calvin Klein, or I, I know I'm saying older designers, not newer designers, but they don't exist if somebody doesn't know how to sew. So, you know, how do we make them help us to make this awareness happen on a greater scale and to honor this profession on a greater scale because we all interact together. So, you know, that's kind of one of my, one of my uh, goals is how do I get these major fashion lines and fashion industries and big companies to be as intimately involved with the people who are actually sitting down at the sewing machine and not just taking them for granted. Sure. You know, let's, let's take that a step further. Um, This podcast is about the community of sewists and quilters. uh, And obviously this 
craft was rediscovered in the middle of the pandemic to be pretty essential uh, here in America. And you feel strongly that we must keep this status on an upward growth path. Now, you've mentioned getting the designers and the fashion houses involved in that. Um, how, how do we keep the status, the, the momentum uh, on that upward growth path? Absolutely. You know, I um, when I talk about COVID, while this may, I don't want this to sound bad, but that was a huge benefit coming out of COVID and the fact that we all kind of looked inward and we all kind of decided as an individual and as a community that what was what was most important or what was something we need to, it was really a life skill that wasn't a luxury. And, you know, hundreds of sewing machines, thousands of sewing machines were dusted off. I mean, I was talking to the, we have a local sewing machine dealer called Missouri Sewing Machine in Kansas City. And they, they, they had a 10 week backlog of people pulling out their used sewing machines oh, wow. during the pandemic to get them sure. repaired. Uh-huh. But, you know, Sewing is something that sustained us through the pandemic, and it did bring it back in the limelight. So that's that's a really, really good question. And I think that for us to be able to stay valued in our society is really important. Um, I think some of the things that have happened here at the sewing labs is while we, like I said before, started making mask kits and getting masks in and out and back out to the community after they were stitched up, we also started supporting another local nonprofit called Volunteer KC who makes tote bags for homeless situations. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, between the tote bags we make, we also do, you know, some other community service projects, but it's not necessarily all about community service projects because, you know, I will have to say that we have many, many quilt guilds and individuals in, in our Kansas City marketplace that have been very generous to support the sewing labs with in-kind donations of fabrics and textiles and tools and notions that that support our training. But it's keeping those other, that next layer, like we talked about the manufacturers and um, talking and really bragging about the fact that they use sewing in their industry. And maybe that's what it is. We have started a monthly get together we call them socials, mm-hmm. S-E-W, socials. Oh, I like that. Um, to kind of bring the sewing professionals in our marketplace together to just have a conversation. Just, it's a real casual gathering to just get to know each other. Because I think that um, so many people think there's competition. And we have this magic word we use a lot around here that's called enough. Mm-hmm. And there is enough. There is enough for all of us. So, you know, if you are in the sewing industry and you sew bridal, but you don't sew purses, how amazing is it for you to keep referring back and forth and rising each other up? And so I think that to build a network where all these different industries that use sewing to come together in an alliance of sorts to continue that conversation and continue that education would be amazing. Linsa, what's, what's next for you? What's your dream? <laughs> um, gosh, that's hard. I, I kind of live in the dream in some capacity mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, getting to this point, sewing, like a sewing has been part of my 
life, my entire life, my career. I've changed careers. I've tried to a couple times. I've always come back to sewing because it sustains me in so many ways. Um, I love, love, love that I get to sit down and teach my grandchildren how to sew. I think that next generation is huge. Uh I would really like to take this conversation on a bigger scale and figure out how to get bigger people involved in caring about this. Um, And I think that's, but I still, I'm right now I'm getting ready to do another mixed media quilt that I'm hoping to enter into one of our local shows. And that's kind of my fun stuff, but that also sustains me dramatically. So um, I think I'm living the dream, but. (laughs) How good is that? That's amazing. So we've talked about a lot of different things. Is there one question I didn't ask you that you wish I had? I think we've covered a lot. Mm-hmm. I might say that I, that I am blessed that I have I have an amazing sister, Chris Smither, that um, is involved with what we do here as well. And I have a, there's an amazing core group of people that really um, believe in what I believe in. And mm-hmm. I think that um, it's really important for people to know how much community is important. And let's keep trying to raise each other up because I think community is the key to a happy life. It is. Lindsay, this has been a wonderful conversation. I want to thank you for sharing your story with us today. If any of our listeners would like to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do so? Um, so the best way to get a hold of me would be you can call me at the Sewing Labs. Our phone number here is 816-888-3051. You can email me at the sewing labs at Lensa, that's L I N N C A, at the sewing labs dot community. Um, I do have an inst- my personal Instagram is uh, Lynn Barb. It's an homage to my mother. And um, I'm on Facebook as Lensa Stevens, and I'm on Facebook as the sewing lab. So all those are great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This has been a delight. Well, there you have it. Another story about someone just like you, someone for whom sewing and quilting is so much more than a hobby. It's a way of life. It's a connection to something bigger. If you know someone you think has an outstanding story, a story that should be shared on this podcast, please drop me a note to meg at soandsopodcast.com or just complete the form on our website. Be sure to subscribe to, review, and rate this podcast on your favorite platform and visit our website, soandsopodcast.com, for more information about today's and all of our guests. That's S-E-W-A-N-D-S-O podcast.com. And finally, I want to thank Bernina for making this program possible. I'm Meg Goodman, and I look forward to you joining us next time on So and So, 